Hello and welcome to Get the Global Energy Transition Podcast. Energy Transition. Guten Tag and welcome to Get the Global Energy Transition Podcast. The show where we will discuss in this and in the coming episodes different angles of energy transition in different regions of the world. I am Jose, and today we are going to talk about the energy transition in Germany, one of the countries that lays at the forefront of it and has a strong leadership in Europe, a region that has some of the most tight net zero emission milestones. Today we will have two guests. First, Stefan Jessenberger, who is an experienced business development and solution design professional that has done extensive work in renewables, energy storage, energy trading, and works now at Siemens Digital Grid. He works as well at the Energy Vende Association in Erlangen that provides support to local communities on a voluntary basis to support the energy transition. We welcome as well Thorsten Herdan, who is an expert with more than 21 years of experience in the energy transition industry, more specifically in the wind industry. He's a former vice president of the German Offshore Foundation and has now seven and a half years at the Federal Ministry of Economics and Climate Protection, where he is now a head of the department in energy politics. As global consensus builds around the need to reach net zero emissions, the energy transition is one of the most important strategic concerns of our times. And so it is for Germany. The energy transition is Germany's way into a secure, environmentally friendly and economically successful future. But first, let's talk numbers. Germany wants to cut emissions to 65% below the 1990 levels in 10 years from now and to be climate net neutral by 2045. To be even more concrete, Germany has established as transition goals that almost half has to be the share of renewables to be reached in our power consumption by 2025. This 2022 is the year when the remaining nuclear power plants are to shut down, and over 50% is by which the greenhouse gas emissions have to be reduced by 2030 from the 1990s levels. To achieve these goals, Germany has an ambitious plan to alter its energy supplies, which means moving away from nuclear energy, reducing dependencies on oil and gas imports, and moving towards renewable energy. The energy supply has to remain secure and affordable, which requires an accelerated and democratized use of renewables, the exploitation of energy flexibilities, and a significant increase in energy efficiency. Although the road is full of challenges, The energy transition has for Germany a strong character of innovation that promises to create new business opportunities and ways to improve societal life for the country. Stefan, where does Germany stand right now and do you think the aforementioned goals are attainable? In general, we are on a quite good position. Uh, I would not say on a very good position, but we are in a quite good position. Uh, we have managed uh, to implement a lot of um, renewables in the in the past past years um it was um, around about 50 percent uh, of the of the energy the electrical energy last year coming from from renewables this target of um, increasing this uh, amount um, until 2030 up to 65 percent i think this is definitely uh, manageable but uh, we know and uh, our new 
the gearing has uh, set uh, new targets. So our no, new new chancellors, they, they have uh, more ambitious uh, targets, uh, with, especially with regard to, to the photovoltaics. They would like to increase the capacity to up to uh, 200 gigawatts. Um, right now we stand around about at uh, 53 gigawatt uh, photovoltaic. So this is a very ambitious uh, goal. And um, I think it's manageable, but a lot of changes have to be made um, with regard to the Renewable Energy Act, uh, for example, and uh, also other um, regulatory um, yeah, conditions in order to make this happen. We also asked Thorsten, where does Germany stand right now in the energy transition journey? Um, been starting with that energy transition, uh, as you said, journey um, some more than 25 years ago already. Um, many people say that uh, the energy transition started with uh, uh, the new decision after Fukushima on, on nuclear um, power production, but that is something which is uh, wrong. Actually, the energy transition started in '98. Uh, uh, with the at that point of time, Stromeinspeisungsgesetz, uh, so that was uh, the predecessor of the Renewable Energy uh, Law or the Renewable Energy Act. Um, and since then, <clears throat> I think we have been extremely successful in getting renewable energy deployment uh, in the electricity sector. Um, and um, we are now depending on the wind, uh, somewhere between, call it 42 to 46% of uh, renewable share in the electricity mix, but we have not yet been successful enough in the other sectors, uh, specifically in the heating sector. Um, mm -hmm. So the heating sector, which is uh, double the electricity sector uh, by size, um, it's um, 1,200, 1,300 terawatt hours, whilst the electricity sector is only 550, 560. Um, we, we are only at... Uh, around 15%, 1.5. So there is a lot uh, to do in the, in the heating sector and mm -hmm. we are lagging behind in the, in the transport sector. Um, and um, coming from 15, um, that, that means that we have to uh, almost, um, well, insert that much of renewable energy in the heating sector uh, than the whole electricity sector uh, is from size. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the other very uh, ambitious target is the 80% of uh, renewables in the electricity sector uh, coming from 65. So to sum it up, uh, we have been extremely successful in the electricity sector. And now we have to prove that we are also successful in the heating sector and in the transport sector. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic that we can do that. Um, but uh, we have to focus on new business models, uh, not telling people all the time what they have to do or what they have not to do, what technology they have to use or what technology they have not to use, but to allow them to create business models. Um, and, and that is something where we have to uh, look more detail. Germany has quite a lot to do in such a short time. Of course, the energy transition in Germany won't happen from one day to another. It is full of complexities and affects companies from all sizes, the public sphere and the lives of the population. In the past 50 years, German energy policy ranged from keenness to skepticism for both nuclear and coal energy. Some of the most considerable changes in energy policy occurred as a response to nuclear, nuclear accidents, 
although the inadvertent effects of coal energy have also caused significant changes in policy. As climate discussions have been emerging in the past two decades, the coal industry was not seen as a replacement of nuclear energy. In light of it, in 2011, the German government announced the Energiewende, which stands for energy transition, and decided to dramatically reduce the amount of fossil fuels from energy supply to have net zero emissions by 2045. In parallel, Germany has been pioneering in climate protection and is perceived as a global role model for a successful energy transition. As early as in 2000, Germany enacted the Renewable Energy Sources Act, which promoted a large-scale implementation of renewable projects under an expensive feed-in tariff, FIT, which is a policy that provides a guaranteed above-market price for energy producers. As a result, installed wind and solar capacity soared from 6 gigawatts to more than 80 gigawatts between 2000 and 2015. During this period, Germany represented one-third of the renewable build-up within the EU. Additionally, this policy has led to the emergence of a green industry that develops cutting-edge technologies for renewables, energy efficiency, and creates jobs for several hundred thousand employees. But not everything is rosy. Although ambitious, the energy transition in Germany is lagging far behind its 2020 targets. In 2018, more than 800 million tons of CO2 equivalents in emissions were released. Even though this amount represents a 4.5% drop from the previous year, it was still 12% above the target of 750 million tons for 2020. If the pace of emission reduction from the past decade continues, Germany will achieve its 2020 targets only in 2028 and those for 2030 in 2046. Not only that, Germany is still one of Europe's biggest carbon emitters per capita, with 11.45 metric tons versus 7.22 metric tons in France, according to the most recent studies. Germany's power generation mix remains extremely carbon heavy, emitting 500 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour versus 80 grams in France in 2014. What are the main policy challenges that Germany has to overcome for the energy transition? I would say there are four of them. Um, the one is, um, as I already said, to <clears throat> speed up the permission for everything. Uh, so the permission processes, um, they are much too slow um, and they have to be <clears throat> tackled very much from uh, the central government uh, instead of uh, every country in Germany, Germany deciding on their own how a permission process would look like uh, and that would uh, just uh, continue to create uh, slowliness. The next point is um, that we have to heavily invest in infrastructure, um, and that means electricity infrastructure, gas infrastructure, hydrogen infrastructure, um, but also EV charging infrastructure and heat infrastructure. We have to rebuild uh, the existing uh, heating system, uh, the infrastructure, and we have to enlarge it. So we have to, to build more um, heating um, pipelines. And um, <clears throat> for that, uh, I think the main uh, question would be, is this possible that we let the market do that? Or is infrastructure something where the society, and that translates to the government, of course, has to provide that infrastructure uh, for the off-takers, 
which will use what comes out of the infrastructure and from, for the producers, uh, which then of course will put something into that infrastructure, be it electricity or be it a gas, huh? um, a renewable gas at the end, of course, if we talk about uh, green hydrogen, for instance. Um, the third point then, of course, is uh, to speed up the renewable um, energy deployment uh, in all sectors, yeah? be it uh, in the electricity sector, be it in the heating sector. Um, and uh, then we have to use all technologies. Uh, so it would be a wrong way <clears throat> if the government decides that a heat pump is a good technology, but uh, to heat with hydrogen is a bad idea. That should be left uh, to the market. Um, it should not be decided by the government, um, mm -hmm. but that has to be to be rammed up. Um, and, and the fourth point, um, to my mind, is um, it's a buzzword which is called deregulation. I, I think we need to uh, take out the micromanagement out of the system. In light of the need to accelerate the energy transition to meet its goals, the German government has established the energy concept, which is the compass for the energy transition in Germany. It is a long-term energy strategy for the period up to 2050 that aims to secure a reliable, economically viable and environmentally sound energy supply to make Germany one of the most energy efficient and green economies in the world. It defines two main objectives. One, moving towards renewable energy, and two, using energy more efficiently. The Federal Ministry of Economic Affairs and Energy, BMWI, is responsible for choosing the right measures to attain the goals of the energy transition. To do this, the ministry is following a precise roadmap, the 10-point energy agenda, which outlines the steps that need to be taken by the government and details the various fields of action in terms of scope and timing. These scopes are renewables, European climate and energy framework, electricity market design, regional cooperation, transmission grids, distribution grids, efficiency strategy, building strategy, gas supply strategy and monitoring and energy transition. Thorsten, could you tell us a bit more about the Renewable Energy Sourced Act and how has it been reformed, in which ways the new um, EEG differs from the previous one, the first one? <clears throat> well, when we started up, that uh, one has to remember, uh, we, we didn't have any, um, any energy um, markets at all, neither in Germany uh, nor in Europe. So we had a monopoly still. That was at that time when the Renewable Energy Act was uh, created. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind this was um, to uh, produce a bankable business model. That was the simple point. Um, and the bankable business model was that uh, somebody could produce renewable energy and could feed it into the grid um, and would be paid for it for a certain period of time uh, at a certain amount of money. And um, <clears throat> that was always um, looked at that um, the technology at that specific point of time, let's say 24 or so, uh, was um, um, that expensive that you need to uh, have a certain amount of feed-in tariff guaranteed for 20 years. So with that, you could go to the bank, very simple, and you could say, look, um, that is my investment, uh, and here is my return on invest, um, and you will get a credit, no problem uh, whatsoever. So that worked out. Mm -hmm. The problem then uh, was, of course, that um, 
with with this renewable energy act which was brilliant uh, for the starting point because we had no renewable energy at all in the system um and um uh, it was of course uh, that uh, the conventional generators uh, wouldn't allow uh, renewables to enter into the market without such a system um, but then we saw that uh, whilst the, the amount was growing and the share was growing um, that the problem that the state the government was actually setting the price by always defining the feed-in tariff um, is far away from uh, market intelligence called it that way so um, <laughs> People were reluctant um, to uh, innovate more in order to get the price, uh, the cost down, because they were absolutely clear that they always got uh, the necessary price paid with the feed-in tariff uh, in order to cover the cost. Um, and then we changed that uh, into an option uh, model, uh, where simply uh, you could uh, uh, run for an auction and um, you could set a price at which you uh, would be able to sell your electricity. Um, and then um, the Renewable Energy Act gave um, you the difference between the market price because you had to sell the energy to the market or the electricity to the market um, and your, um, and your um, um, price uh, you were able to, to put in the auction. Um, and that changed completely the landscape because all of a sudden it was not the government setting um, the price, it was the um, market setting the price. And the result of that was that the, um, the overall cost for, call it subsidies for that system, went down dramatically. Since renewable energy is at the core of the energy concept, let's explore the main efforts related to it. We previously mentioned that the Renewable Energy Source Act EEG has laid the foundations for an accelerated adoption of renewables in Germany. The act, adopted in the beginning of 2000, contained the following principle. Anyone generating any electricity from the sun, wind, water or biomass is entitled to fixed remuneration for every kilowatt hour. The funding from the EEG surcharge has transformed renewable energy from a niche product into one of the mainstays of energy supply. Advances in technology have significantly cut the cost of generating electricity from renewable sources. However, the rapid expansion of renewables also cast the EEG surcharge to rise considerably up to 2014. For this reason, the German government fundamentally reformed the Renewable Energy Source Act. The new act entered in August 2014, and as a result, the expansion of renewables is continu continuing rapidly. But it is be being better controlled and is being implemented in a way that reduces cost. Although the EEG intends to bring both domestic and industrial adoption in renewables, there is certainly a gap between them. Stefan, how do you see the adoption of renewables comparing the domestic and the industrial sector? Um, I see there is quite a gap. Uh, so um, a lot of uh, people in the residential area are uh, right now uh, on their way to implement photovoltaic especially, um, but uh, we see a huge potential still for uh, commercial plants, let's say, and uh, here we have huge opportunities on both hand sides for the, the 
reducing the emissions on one hand side, but also reducing the energy cost uh, on the other hand side, because we see increasing uh, electricity prices, especially in the last couple of months. Uh, and with the help of uh, PV, there is a chance um, to limit the, the energy bill and uh, to somehow stabilize uh, the energy bill. And not only for the, for the private, for the residential sector, but also for the commercial sector. What are the main challenges for the adoption of wind energy in Germany? I think you have to, to take the society with you. Um, and that means you have to make them uh, a part of that game. Um, it is very simple. Um, the more wind tur turbines you have where you are not profiting from, uh, you don't like them. Uh, the more you have, you are profiting from because um, it gives you money in, in, into your um, municipal budget uh, and streets would be built with that, uh, then you would like those turbines. So this, uh, um, this, this, this way of uh, not paying for acceptance, that would be wrong, but looking how um, the society could be involved uh, in, in this energy transition is key. The expansion of power lines is a natural consequence of extending and decentralizing the adoption of energy sources such as renewables. Stefan, do you think Germany's grid is currently prepared to welcome the energy transition? Um, of course, also here it depends where you are looking to. And in some cases, also here we have limitations where we um, see problems uh, to implement new, especially larger uh, systems, either PV or, or, or wind, and where you have um, long connection distances uh, to the next point where it, it's, it's possible um, to, to connect uh, the plant. Therefore, definitely we need certain areas, an extension of the, of the power grids. In general, I see the requirement for a different yeah, energy system and um, a, a different um, a trading uh, scheme in, in the future where more incentives are provided for the um, local adoption of, of renewables or at least near the load centers and near where the load is and where the increasing load is rather mm -hmm. than somehow in the country or especially uh, in the north uh, of the country where then the requirement for a huge um, extension of the grid uh, would be necessary. So this could be balanced a bit more uh, in order also to be able to accelerate the, the transition, not to be uh, limited by, by missing uh, capacity in, in some regions. So here we, we need to have uh, more different prices. Um, this concept of, a, of, of nodal pricing that should be implemented and uh, also a concept of different grid fees dependent on where the supply and the usage um, takes place. So for example, if you have a producer supplying a nearby consumer uh, only using the, the low voltage or, or the medium voltage grid, then he should only pay a fraction of the whole energy grid fee Whereas if the supply is from the north to the south, then of course the full grid fee has to be accounted. And what about the flexibilities on the grid? Also here, I see a lot of room for improvement, let's say. Mm -hmm. So um, right now, we have not the right framework, in my point of view, in order to make use of the, the different kind of flexibilities we have in the system on, on, on 
on different levels, but also on different technologies. And uh, especially while talking about energy storage here, for example, for small systems, we do not have incentives um, in order to accelerate the, the provision of flexibility also by, by small systems. So right now it's not possible for um, a residential system uh, in order to, to participate in the, the electricity market and therefore no price signals uh, can be given to the uh, battery systems, for example. Another aim is to integrate electricity from renewable energy more into the market. In the future, renewable energy sources must increasingly stand up to competition and the plant operators must market their electricity themselves. Also, the funding rates will not be stipulated by the government but will be determined more likely by auctions. This will enable the cheapest and most efficient producers to win. Thorsten, do you think energy markets are adapting well to the adoption of renewable energy? If we follow the way of taking out the micromanagement, uh, so-called deregulation, then yes. If we are not uh, successful with that, then no, um, to be very frank. Um, it only works uh, if we let the market work and if we uh, provide the market with the necessary infrastructure. But if we tell the market uh, you can only work under, under certain circumstances and you have also to take care of your own infrastructure, then it, that doesn't work. We have seen that innovative projects around the world are helping to achieve our goals and we want to use this podcast to transmit some of the most important global efforts towards the energy transition. Germany has a strong leadership in the global energy transition and has set itself very ambitious goals. This is however still not materializing and if following current trends the country will fail to reach its targets. To fight this, Germany has been developing two of the main ingredients which are a good roadmap and good cooperation between stakeholders. Thanks for listening to Get the Global Energy Transition podcast. Next week, we will go into the energy transition in one of the countries that is at the forefront of it in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia. See you then. Auf Wiedersehen.